you believe that? You know, um, I was in worship last night, and, um, and as I was thinking this morning, I just wanted to just honor somebody at church, and I, I don't, you know, if you're here and you're like, I want to be honored, I honor you. Um, but I, I, as I was watching, I just felt God just say that I want that, that we should uh, just honor Steph Mathis. Uh, do you know Steph Mathis? Come on, hands up if you don't know Steph. You need to get to know Steph. And the reason I wanted to honor Steph was um, Steph was our first hire after I decided that um, we will never hire anyone that doesn't believe bang 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 all these things about theology, about church, about life, you know, um, we always just assumed people believe what we believe because you're a Christian. Hello? Because you have a Bible. We were wrong. And so we made a decision that you have to say to us, you believe all of these things, all the way down to some little minor things so that we're unified as a team, right? And uh, Steph was like, yes. She came from a Lutheran church, a, a kind of woke one, and uh, we were like, all right, this is going to be interesting. But, but she's like, I believe all of that. That's what I want to do with my life. That's what I, you know, and we're like, all right. And we felt in our hearts, we're going to hire this lady. And, um, and, and her life and family have absolutely radically changed since. You follow her on Instagram, <clears throat> follow her online. And I just wanted to honor her and her husband, Lane, because they jumped in with their whole hearts a couple of years ago now. They're our graf- she's our graphics uh, a, a, a artist, graphic designer. Words are hard in the morning. Um, and, uh, but at Eternity Church, even down to, even down to the, 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 the person who might clean a toilet, we, we are going to be unified on, on all that we believe in this church, right? Uh, on, on at least what I would call the majors, the things that God majors. And God majors lots of things, by the way, right? Uh, people act like there's like four things God majors on. He majors on a lot of majors. Um, and it matters so that we can be a unified team preaching unified gospel, amen. Uh, but seeing the change in someone's life, seeing the change in their family, how much they love the Lord, how much they love serving God, how nothing's too much for them. How Lane's like, well, I know my bride is at church all week long, but I'm going to be a youth leader too. And serves at youth and loves those kids and prays for those kids. And they pray together and read together and their, their marriage is better uh, as they've gone all in. And, and I just wanted to just honor you and just say, we love you. I don't know why. Maybe you were at home saying, Lord, if only they would. I don't know. But um, We got a lot of staff at Eternity Church, and we won't every week honor staff members, but I do love to honor where honor is due, and uh, she has worked her heart out. Uh, she's not going anywhere. Uh, if she does, we'll burn down her new employer's office. And, um, <clears throat> but, um, but no, she's great. But uh, someone in here, if you feel like blessing a staff member this week, I reckon she and her family would be a good one, you know? Take them out for dinner, lunch, whatever else, write a $10,000 check. I'm just kidding. Unless, well, if you can, you can, right? But, uh, but no, uh, but just honor them. We have great staff here, you know. We work hard, you know. And, and uh, graphic design is actually important because you know what God's doing, but we want those who don't know God to know what God's doing. And they don't pay attention to Times New Roman written on a piece of paper anymore. 
And so we need someone to get their attention so they know what God's doing in this place, right? But um, so thank you, Steph. We love you. I want to pray for you and your family. Heavenly Father, could you lift those hands and you guys put your hands on them. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this incredible family, the Mathis family. Lord, great people. But God, I thank you that even, uh, even uh, sort of into their 20s, maybe late 20s, early 30s, I don't even actually know. But Lord, <laughs> but at this point in their lives, God, it can get better and better and better. That the relationship with you can get better and better and better. That their relationship with each other can get better and better and healthier, Lord God, and stronger, Lord God. So God, I just pray that you protect, God, the seeds in their hearts and in their children, Lord God. I pray that the great faith that has been sparked in them would be sparked in their children. Lord God, like, uh, like Paul talks to Timothy and about his grandmother Eunice, you know, it started in your grandmother and I see it in you too, God. I, I pray that what has started in, in them, Lord God, we would see also in their children. And God, I just pray for your favor and your blessing on their health, their finances, Lord God, their relationships, God, everywhere they go. But God, I pray you give them opportunities to tell people what happens in your life when you go all in, in Jesus' name. Someone say amen. <clears throat> amen. Y'all ready for the word? Yeah. All right. Uh, it's not Ecclesiastes chapter 3, in case you were there, like I was. Good thing about um, preaching from Genesis, as a preacher, it always looks like you know your Bible because you know where to find it. And if you don't know where to find Genesis, you're new to the faith, probably. <laughs> So, all right, Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Y'all ready? We're reading from verse 1 uh, just to verse 9. I know in my endeavor to preach all of Genesis uh, as quick as we can is not working because this one chapter is broken up into like three sermons. So, um, but anyway, the call of Abraham. You ready? Verse 1. <clears throat> now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I'll make you a great nation. I will bless you and I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless you and you will be a blessing, right? Um, I will bless those who bless you. I will, uh, and to him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Goes on to say right after that. So after that, Abram went. Right then, as the Lord told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And Abram took Sarah, his wife, and his Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions, and all that they had gathered, and all the people that they had acquired in Haran. And they set out to go to the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place at Shesham, to the oak of Morah. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land and the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I'll give this land, Canaan, I'm gonna give it to you. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there, he moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel, pitched his tent there with Bethel on his west and artificial, uh, artificial intelligence on the east. Um, so, you know, that was weird. Uh, and there he built an altar to the Lord and he called upon the Lord, whose name, uh, sorry, on the Lord. And Abram journeyed on, kept going still towards the Negev. And so um, this is an incredible passage. And uh, I can't help but be blown away by the faith of Abraham. Um, 
There's a reason Abram is called the father of the faith, right? Um, He was a very faithful man and the beginning of all the generations that would be blessed, including us, started with Abraham. He is quite literally and metaphorically the father of the faith. And so uh, today the title of my sermon, um, if you're wondering, is faith, 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 that's the title. Tell, tell your neighbor the title of my message right now. Go ahead. No, I didn't say it was faith, bro. All right, come on now. I said it was faith, for faith, for faith, for faith, for faith, 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 for faith, for faith. I can do it again. If you don't do it, I'll do it. Faith, for faith, for faith, for faith, faith, faith. No, I'm not going to do it to you. Instead, let's pray. Come on now. Y'all ready to pray? Because I believe that today, because of this message, some of you are going to leave this place ready to take steps of faith that you've known for years you need to take but haven't taken. I believe that today that God's going to give you the courage to do some things that you've known you need to do but have not done. I believe that some of you who have wanted to be a, a, a man or a woman of faith are going to leave this place with the courage to be a man or woman of faith. And so if you wouldn't mind, lift up your hands with me. I'm going to pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your word. God, I thank you so much for the scriptures. I thank you for the story of Abraham, a man of faith, the father of the faith. God, I ask that you would help me to preach it to your people, that they would leave this place uh, not only uh, with their ears tickled and their, their hearts uh, happy, but Lord God, with a, a, a commitment and a conviction in their hearts that they're going to do faith, that they're going to take steps of faith, that they're going to grow in the faith, that they're going to move their lives from where they are to where they're called to be, I pray. Uh, Lord, that every one of us would leave this place better equipped uh, to proclaim your name and to, to preach the faith and to tell other people about our God and all that you've done. So Lord, uh, thank you for this moment. And, and obviously I have prepared this uh, uh, sitting down with your Holy Spirit. But, but if there's anything else that you want me to say or to do, this is your room and your house and your time. And so God, I just open my heart to all that you want to do in this place. In Jesus' name, somebody say, Amen. <clears throat> amen, amen. You may high five your neighbor and take your seat. All right, if the media team could start the one hour and 30 minute countdown now, <clears throat> that'd be great. So, oh, by the way, um, if you're new to Eternity Church, my name is Jesse. I'm the lead pastor here. Uh, um, it is my pleasure and honor uh, to pastor this great church, uh, this great church that preaches truth, that loves people, that overflows with grace. And we're glad that you're here today. And uh, my team of fluorescent yellow people have a gift for you after the service, uh, immediately to the right. So if you go out those doors, look right near the exits. There's a team of people waiting to give you a gift just to say thanks for coming to Eternity Church. Uh, we know that being here uh, this week will bless you, but we know even more than that, being here every week will transform your lives and your family. Amen. And so we'd love to see you out there as well. So, um, so far in our Walking Through Genesis sermon series, uh, we've got to chapter 11. Uh, now we're up to chapter 12. Uh, this sermon series will probably uh, end 
uh, sometime mid to late 2024, um, but every, I'm not even joking, I have planned out every sermon this year, and we leave behind 15 or so chapters uh, for next year, so that's great, uh, but that does include uh, some off-topic sermons, um, a sermon series on health, uh, which is, now some people would be like, don't you care about health, uh, you know, spiritual health? Yes, we talk about it every week. Uh, part of your physical, sorry, part of your uh, spiritual health is your physical health, by the way. Uh, you were not a soul uh, wandering around waiting for a body, and then God goes, here, use this thing and throw it away when you're done. Uh, no, when you were created, God created your body and your spirit at the same time. Uh, and so one is not more or less, uh, uh, they're both important, and it's important that we steward and look after and honor all that God gave us. And um, some people uh, are very judgmental with sermon series like that. They're like, well, you don't want to just judge, uh, uh, you know, like, well, you know, like, oh, sorry, what am I saying? Some people can judge people based on their physical appearance, but their soul may be rotten. Um, uh, let's not judge at all, but pursue health in all the areas of our lives. Uh, and with all that God has given us. Amen? And so we're going to talk about that. We've also got Love Month. We're trying to figure out whether or not we're going to do a date night this year. Uh, lots of great things going on. Local legends sporadically. Lots of guest speakers. All sorts of wonderful things. Um, and so uh, with all that in mind, we will conclude Genesis at the end of 2024. All that to say that. So... Anyway, but we have been walking through Genesis, and so far, um, it's been a sort of broad look at the human race, um, but there is a moment where Genesis, uh, but sorry, this is a moment where Genesis really narrows down from this sort of broad look at the human race, and it narrows down uh, to be a book that's predominantly about one family, okay? Uh, in fact, um, it, it, this, the, the rest of Genesis is about one family and how the rest of the world interacts with that one family. And actually, the rest of the Old Testament and even the rest of uh, almost entirely, and almost entirely the New Testament, it's all about this one family and how the world interacts with that one family. And, and you might be like, well, the New Testament, it's all different, uh, 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 all, all different uh, nations. And that's true, uh, except that the, the Son of God came through the lineage of Abraham, part of that family, as God promised Abraham that all nations on the earth would be blessed through his seed. And so as Jesus came through the seed of Abraham, every nation on the earth is now blessed through the seed of Abraham. And so still to this day, the story is a story about that family and how we interact with them. <clears throat> and that's what transitions here in Genesis chapter 12. And so, um, and so this now talks about how, so now as a believer, uh, you are one of God's chosen people. And so you are by faith, part of the covenant that God made to Abraham. That's called the Abrahamic covenant. And so the blessings and the promises of God on his life are now on your life. And so from now on, as you read um, the scriptures, it's sort of like we are reading and preaching about our own family history as we've been adopted into the same family as Christ. And so who are the heirs of the precious and very great promises that were made to Abraham and to his offspring? You are. Amen. To whom can it be said? Your sins are forgiven. Uh, God is for you. 
all, with all His power, with His goodness, His mercy will pursue you all the days of your life. You will rise from the dead. Your name will be great. Your assembly as the stars of the heavens. You will possess the gates of your enemies and the land of Israel and all the earth will be yours as an inheritance. You will fill the new world with the knowledge of the glory of God. To whom can all of this be said? To you, the children of Abraham through faith in Christ Jesus. That's pretty cool. Can someone say amen? So today's passage though uh, shows us basically this family history now. Um, It talks about how God called Abram out of a pagan world uh, and made incredible promises to him and his descendants and the Abrahamic covenant, as I just said. Now, throughout the day today, I'm going to interchange the word, the name Abram and Abraham, not because I'm supposed to, but because I've just got bad habits and I always call Abram Abraham, all right? So if you want to send me an email and be like, God hadn't renamed him Abraham yet, don't you even know your Bible? Yeah, I do. I just don't care about that little uh, bit there. I care about when it happened and what it means, but I don't care about accidentally saying Abraham instead of Abram. Can I get an amen? It's kind of like people who are like, you can't say Xmas instead of Christmas. I'm like, yeah, the X stands for Christ in Latin. Anyway, somebody just learned something today. Somebody learned something. I know it. I heard it actually. (laughs) The X stands for Christ in Latin. Now you know they weren't trying to block out Christ. It's just Latin for Christ anyway. Here we go. Um, So you simply cannot read the call of Abram and not marvel at the man's faith, right? That's why he after all, he is the father of the faith. I am amazed at Abram's faith. God's like, go. He's like, yes, Lord. Right, like, like he was the ultimate yes man. He was the yes Lord, yes Lord, yes Lord, three bags full Lord, how high Lord, how far Lord, when do you want me to go Lord, why do you want me, yes, 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 yes. And I wish that I had the faith like Abraham to be a yes man when God speaks, anybody else, right? On the, on the scripture it says, go from your country, literally leave your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you and make, and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. You will be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you. I'll dishonor, sorry, and those who dishonor you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Verse four, so Abram went as the Lord told him. Are you kidding me? Yes, Lord. Like, leave here. Okay, God, where do you want me to go? I'll tell you later, but it's going to be awesome. Right, oh, let's go. Right? Can, can, can you imagine telling your friends and family about that encounter? Right? Now, right now, some people know you're a Christian right now, but, but back then, he was a pagan. His family were pagans. Everybody around them were pagans. Almost nobody remembered this ancient God that they had talked about, this dude named Noah who got on a boat. That's an old world ancient religion that pretty much no one believed in or followed anymore. And this guy's got to go to them and be like, everybody, we're leaving here. Why? Because Sky Daddy said. Anyone had that said to you before? Like, oh, you believe in Sky Daddy, right? Right? Well, no one knew about this God anymore. He was just a voice in the sky that came to Abram and Abram just rolls over to his family and be like, we gotta go, Sky Daddy said, we gotta go. They're like, 
Okay, cool, cool, cool. Hold up. How long have you known him? Just met him. Like today. He literally just told me we got to go. And Abram's like, so let's go. Right? I heard a voice. God, which God? You know, that old ancient God our ancestors used to talk about. Turns out he's real. Got some pretty sweet plans for our family. His family would have been like, you've been on that juice they talk about with Noah? That ruined everything? You've been on that or what, right? See, these weren't Christians. He wasn't telling Christians about the word he got from God. He wasn't telling Jews about the word he got from God. They weren't Hebrews. They weren't godly people. They were pagans. It's hard. You ever had to tell your unchristian friends, family, teachers, something God called you to do or something that God says in the word? I don't know what that means. Are we having a fire or are we good? I don't even know where that came from. Anyway, all right. (laughs) Do we need marshmallows? Are we good? All right, let's go. I've been really, really encouraged lately um, by some messages on Instagram that I've seen people put up there. And, and, uh, and see, see you know, I, I, you, I, I'm not a hollaback preacher. You, you're, you're a hollaback church, but I'm a followback preacher, all right? And so when people follow me online, I follow back. I'm a followback preacher, all right? And, uh, and what I love about being a followback preacher is that I get to see what's happening in people's lives. And I don't mean that like I'm up there being like, did they drink this week? Oh my gosh, who were they hanging out? I don't even care, all right? The grace of God. But what I love seeing is the testimonies of transformation in people's lives. And the last couple of weeks, uh, I've been seeing some testimonies roll up onto people's Instagram stories, uh, Facebook pages, whatever else. And I'm loving what I'm seeing. People literally putting it up on there saying, I used to drink like a fish. I used to get drunk all the time and, and, and God has changed my life and God has encouraged me to make a change in my life and I'm not going to drink. I'm going to start tithing. I'm going to move over here. I'm going to start a business. And I love seeing people tell an ungodly world that God spoke to them and they're obeying. But it's not easy because you get some ridicule, don't you, right? Like it's hard telling people who have zero faith that God spoke to you. Sometimes even telling Christians, you know, you got to set it up first. Like before you even tell them, you're like, but hey, hey you Baptist? Come on now, right? Like, come on, any, any, any Bapticostals in the room, right? You know what I'm talking about, right? You're like, you Baptist or you Penty? Which one are you right now, you know? Well, well I believe that God still speaks, right? And, and you've got to set it up. And, and, and it's hard enough telling Christians even, but in a pagan world where nobody believed in God to say God spoke, this is what he said, let's go. And Abraham's like, righto, we're leaving. Without even having all the information. Didn't even know it all. Just let's go. God's like, I'm going to bless you. Abraham, where? Somewhere else. All right. Sometimes when God speaks at first, I have been like, yeah, but where? Yeah, but what? Yeah, but when? Right? Like, I always want to know the what, the where, and the when every time. Right? Every time. I want the what, the where, the when. Um, But I feel like God intentionally leaves one of them out every single time. Like every time, right? The what, the where, the when. You know, God's like, uh, you know, if God told me, start, start a business selling fruitcakes in the United States. I'm going to make you a billionaire and make your name great. It'd be Newman the fruitcake, all right? 
and, and I'd be like Googling fruitcake companies in America. What's the biggest fruitcake company in America? And, and, and it turns out the biggest fruitcake company in America sells seven fruitcakes a year, right? Because, because Americans have not yet discovered the wonder, nay, the joy of a fruit mince pie and a fruitcake and a Christmas pudding with a, with a penny uh, uh, cooked in the bottom of it, right? Like Americans haven't discovered that yet, but God has a plan to awaken that beast in the hearts of his people. And, and if you have a fruitcake business ready to go, you're gonna sell all the fruitcakes, right? I'd be Googling it to check it out, right? Or maybe, you've, maybe you're, you, you hear God say, buy a new business. I got a friend who bought a car dealership in the middle of the pandemic. If God told me to do that, I would have been Googling, all right, last pandemic, how many horse and carriages did they sell? Right? Oh, seven? Ain't gonna do that. But my friends were like, all right, giddy up, let's go. Had a great year. When, see, God, God doesn't seem to give you all the information and often when he speaks to me, I'm just like, God, I wish you were the God of details. You know, I wish you were the God that gives, the God that every time he speaks, he's like, uh, here, then, and this. You know, like all of it is what I want. And see, for Abraham, it was very clear what he had to leave behind. And it was not clear at all where he had to go. Not clear at all. I remember when our family moved from Australia to here, we knew some, we didn't know all. We had to move based on a little bit of information. Honestly, when we moved over here, if, uh, in, in my heart and as I dream, uh, if, if I picture the church in 30 years from when we started, if it was even this big for one service, I'd have been like, man, we had a revival, you know? Um, I didn't know it all, to be honest. I didn't really want a bigger church uh, or anything like that. Um, but, but, but a lot of the move was based on faith and things that God did not give us, the details, things that did not make sense. Praise God, faith makes a fool of what the world says makes sense. But it wasn't all there. And, and I know it's the same for many of you when God gives you a plan, but the plan is lacking a piece. The plan is lacking a, a, a bit. And I want to encourage you that the missing piece of the plan is a thing called faith. And where the plan is blank, that's where you put faith. Amen. If, if you wish the plan had more details, you can fix it with your faith. That's the detail you're missing. I often, you know, I, I would love it if God was like, go to Whole Foods at five o'clock and someone's going to give you a check for $500. But I find that in that story, God's like, go to Whole Foods at five o'clock. Or he's like, go somewhere at five o'clock and I'll give you $500. Or he's like, go to Whole Foods, I'm giving you $500. Like, I just feel like there's always a what, a when, or a where that God just leaves out. And we just gotta roll with faith, amen? You're gonna be all right, just trust in God. Jesus said, um, sorry, when they said to Jesus, a group around him said, but if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Uh, and Jesus is like, if, 
if I can, you're talking to God, right? He says, all things are possible for those who believe. If God said it, that settles it, I believe it, so let's pack up and roll on out of here like Abraham did, amen? Now, faith doesn't mean you don't doubt at all, right? There was a man of faith that rolled up to Jesus and, um, and, and, and then he, he, Jesus, I think it was after this story actually, um, and uh, Jesus says, uh, anything is possible to those who believe. And the dude goes, well, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief, right? It's okay to have some doubt in your life and to not be sure. In fact, um, you can still be a person of great faith and have doubt. We just want to choose to operate on the faith, not the doubt. For example, um, um, you know, I may have, a, I may feel like God's telling me that I need to share an encouraging word with this person over here, but the whole way there, I doubt that I need that I should do this. But I get to choose. Where, where will I operate? Where, where will my actions stem from? The faith or the doubt? If they stem from the doubt, I'm not going to do it. If they stem from the faith, in spite of the doubt, I'm still going to do it. And God might then still say, I've never seen faith like this at all, right? And so, so I want to encourage you to operate in the faith, not in the doubt. Um, a, a few weeks ago, I, I got a word from God uh, to share with somebody in the church. And the, the, the vision that God had given me was as I kept seeing their truck driving around town all the time, I, so I felt like I was running into it in Johnston, in Granger, in Indianola, in, in, in Clive, on the east side, on, uh, you know, I was missing some wheels on the east side, but then, and then on the south side, and, and you know, like, like as I kept seeing this truck every, I'm kidding if you live on the east side, all right? Someone told me that, someone told me that the only reason there's crime on the south side is because that's where east siders go to rob because they don't pee in their own backyard. And I was like, that ain't nice. I think that you're all God's creation. And anyway, <laughs> moving on. And I kept seeing the truck everywhere. And I felt God say, one day you'll see those trucks everywhere, but he won't be driving as there'll be more employees and I'm going to grow his business. So I shared that with him after church. And, and, and then his wife after church, straight away, he's like, that's what I've been saying. That's what I believe God's been saying. We've been talking about that. God's told us that. Now, now what happened for that man was he had a word from, from his wife and, and then it was confirmed by somebody else. And, and so it's okay to doubt it and then ask God for confirmation of the word, right? And, and so often, now, now Abraham, I love that guy, but he heard it direct from God. God's like, Abram, you know? But, but I, 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 it's okay to have some doubt in your life, Yeah. In fact, I want to encourage you, if, if you get a word from somebody, to test it, to test it. If I give you a word, if Pastor Troy gives you a word, if Andy gives you a word, if Pastor Connor gives you a word, test it, right? Don't, don't take a man and just be like, put your faith in them, right? Test it, absolutely. Now, if you get a word from the Word of God, you don't need to test that. When the Bible says, hey, you know, do not commit adultery. You know, you don't need to be like, hey, so the Bible says this. Hey, I'm wondering if I can get five or six witnesses to confirm whether or not I should listen. To no, 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 no. It's in the Word. It's for you, and you need to do it. <clears throat> Amen. You, you don't need to test. Do not get drunk. You don't need to test. 
tithe. You don't need to test, uh, 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 don't sleep around. You don't need a test, don't lust. These are in the Word of God. You need to read the Word of God, receive it and do it, amen? But if you get a word from somebody that's separate to that, like God's gonna bless your business and expand it if you do this, test it. Ask God to confirm it through a couple of witnesses. Can I get an amen? amen. It's okay to have some doubt. Sometimes that doubt is you just, John, look, I want this to be true. I just want to make sure that it was the Holy Spirit, not some bad pizza that the preacher had the night before, right? Moving on. So what's God speaking to you about? What's the next step in your faith? What promises have you doubted? God calling you to reconcile a relationship, to forgive a person, to start tithing, to start a business, to get married and stop messing around. That is a word for anyone who's not married and having sex, just FYI. Is that word for me? Lord, confirm it. Here it is. <clears throat> Confirmed, right? I don't say that to be mean to you. I love you. You're welcome here anyway, right? But come on now, take the whole word serious, you know? Like, honor God in that area of your life and find God honor you back in that area of your life. Can I get an amen? You may have messed up. God can redeem it. Your marriage may have started uh, in sin, but God can redeem it and make it pure and holy in the name of Jesus. We repent, God, of our un unholy behavior, but God, our marriage is committed to you. Praise God, right? Do it, right? Um, is God speaking to you <clears throat> about going into ministry? Is he speaking to you about starting to serve? Is he speaking to you about diving into a class and growing? Is he speaking to you about not cussing any? Oh, no, that one was for me. Um, is, you know, what, what, what is God speaking to you about? Has good counsel confirmed it? Then it's time, as we said last week, to take the step of faith and do it. Come on, turn to your neighbor again and say, do it, right? It's time to do it. At some point, you've just got to go, you know, this thing in your heart all the time being like, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to, you want that to go away? Guess how you do it? You do it. And it goes away. And you're like, all right, finally did that, took that step in my life, amen. Okay, next point. You ready for this? Um, <clears throat> real faith takes risks. Come on. Real faith takes risk. Uh, it's risky leaving your country like Abram. It's risky to apply for a job when your job's secure. It's risky to put your kids in private school if that's what you feel God telling you to do because it's expensive. It's risky to keep your kids in public school if that's what you feel God telling you to do because they're crazy and woke. So, so what's God telling you to do, right? It takes risk. It's risky to run for the school board because they're going to, it's risky to run for city council, right? Because they're going to dig up some crazy things that you didn't do. It's risky to get loud about sexuality. It's risky to get loud about holiness. It's risky to get loud about abortion. It's risky to get loud about gender. It's risky to do these things, all right? In your life, in my life, from the stage, online, in conversations, it's risky. We once had to have last year, uh, for a few days, um, armed security guards in front of our house because we get loud about these things People wanted to do some things and we were advised to get some security at our house for a few days while it calms down. Why? Because the world hates loudmouth preachers with accents that have more than 50 followers on Instagram. 
The world, they, the world would not care about me if there were six people here today. They don't care about what I believe. They care that it has an influence and that you have an influence and that the, the, the direction of this nation and culture and world could change as people preach the truth on these things. But it's risky. So they, they want to create fear. But instead, we're going to roll through it because the devil won't ever cause me or my family to become the family that used to take risks for the kingdom of God. We won't ever be the family that used to have faith. We won't ever be the family that used to be willing to do anything for God. Yeah, yeah, we got wisdom because things happen and people were saying and doing and whatever else. And, and, and so people are devised, get these armed guards. So we did that. We spent a lot of money, made it happen. We, we have wisdom, but we have faith too. Come on now. And so it is written now, we won't ever stop being that loud mouth, Bible thumping, Jesus loving, truth preaching, grace giving, demon crushing, hell shaking, force for faith for the kingdom of God. Amen. Your, your faith may look different than my faith and the risks that you got to take might be different than the risks that I got to take. But I can promise you this, when your faith takes risks, God always rewards it. God always rewards risk-taking faith. Come on, is there a faith-filled believer in the room that's willing to take a risk for the kingdom of God? Amen. Real faith takes risks. Might look different for you. It might be at dinner, just being like, you know, people acting like you believe everything they're saying, and you're like, actually, I don't. You know? You know when people sort of act like everyone around them believes the same thing as them? You know, they're like, oh my God, and all this stuff. I just love being like, well, actually. You know? Now, y'all don't have to throw it all up on the line like I do you know, uh, on your Instaframogram or on your U-Twit face or whatever else it is. You don't have to do that. I just like to do it. I just believe that, that I need to make sure that, that in this crazy world that we don't leave discipleship, sexual ethics, uh, uh, value, uh, uh, life and all that stuff, uh, all that discipleship. I don't want to be left to Taylor Swift, uh, politicians uh, and work corporations. So I want to make sure that I'm on there and that good godly people are on there saying some basic truth on there as well. But for you, the risk might be I'm going to start tithing and find out how God can truly make 90 go better than 100. For you, the risk might be I'm going to give in the bold campaign. For you, the risk might be I'm going to serve and trust God that I'll have time and that our family will actually be stronger as we serve together. For you, the risk might be, uh, uh, I'm, uh, although that's not really that risky, but let's be honest, that's actually not very risky. Um, but for you, I don't know what the risks might be. It might be to speak up. It might be to stand up. It might be to invest. It might be to start a business. It might be to sell your house and move somewhere else. It might be to put your kids in public school. It might be to put your kids in private school. But risk, is, sorry, real faith takes risks. Amen. Next one, real faith talks faith. It talks about faith. Part of Abram's uh, faith journey was being a worshiper and a witness. He was always telling people about Yahweh. And as I read through Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 9, I see, you know, Abraham hearing from God. And, and then I see Abraham, uh, where are we in 
in, in verse uh, 7, it says, And so he built an altar there uh, to the Lord who had appeared to him. And then in verse 8 again, uh, we see, uh, or is it verse 9? Uh, no, verse 8, we see again, And on the east, and there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And, and, and I love how Abraham was in this habit of everywhere he went, he was building altars to the Lord. And as you read the Word of God, you're like, he's always building altars. You know, God speaks, God, and, and he's worshiping and, and he's building altars. And, 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 and so, what I love about this moment here is where it says, He called upon the name of the Lord. And I want to unpack that word called for you for a moment. And, and, and this word called is an accurate. Uh, translation, but um, but again, it, 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 like the English language, it doesn't fully grasp all that that word is trying to deliver in its entirety. Um, he did call on the name of the Lord, and so I want to show you something in a moment. And it's not super important that you see this word. It's not super important that you know how to spell it or even how to pronounce it. And I was at the cafe uh, this week, and I was trying repeatedly to pronounce it like kaka. And all I could do was sound like a bird getting shot. And, and so uh, I didn't really know. But that's not important. But I do want you to see this word called in its entirety, all right? So if we can roll that up onto the screen now. You'll see it, it's, it means call, shout, name, proclaim out loud. In a land that knew nothing of God the Creator in a land of pagans, in a world, in fact, that knew nothing, almost nothing of the Creator, and in a whole world of pagans, God had a worshiper and a witness in the land. He had someone worshiping Him, and He had someone proclaiming His name. Martin Luther actually translated that I think probably the most accurately as preach. That there he built an altar and he preached the name of the Lord. People of great faith are worshippers and witnesses. How, 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 how would your life change if you had the faith to worship God and let it be a public witness? If you could be like Abram and not just care what the world would say, and just worship God. Be a witness for Him, and proclaim His name, and proclaim His ways, and, and proclaim His love, and proclaim His grace, and proclaim the name of the Lord. Taking every area of society and culture and proclaiming the name of God there. Amen. <clears throat> it says that in verse 9, that, sorry, no, in... Uh, in verse 6, that Abram came to the oak of Morah. And at that land, sorry, and at that time, the land was inhabited by the Canaanites. And he came to the oak of Morah by the groves, and the groves were a, uh, a sacred, sort of consecrated place that was set apart for pagan, uh, for their pagan gods, uh, uh, sort of uh, pagan rituals. And the oak of Mora, Mora is a teacher. And, and so the oak of Mora by the groves is the consecrated holy place for the pagan gods to teach the people their ways. It's, it, it, it's a sacred place. And, and that's where Abram decided to build an altar 
and proclaim and to call upon and to preach the name of the Lord. Who knows it takes faith to be that bold? In a world that knows nothing of your God, in a place that's in pagan worship, to go to their holiest place and to build an altar to your God and to preach the name of God there. That takes faith, amen? He desecrated the holy places of the pagan gods in the name of our God. Come on now, listen, it is your religious duty to worship God and to be a witness for God, that you would stop sitting down and shutting up, but that you would stand up and speak up and proclaim the name of Jehovah in your workplace, in your school, in your city, in your cul-de-sac, in your apartment building, amen. It is the call of God on your life to be a worshiper and a witness like Abram, amen. Listen, they, the world hates the name of Jesus. Pagans hate the name of Jesus. Everybody, unbelievers, they hate the name of Jesus. You can say Muhammad anywhere you want, they won't ridicule you. You can say Buddha anywhere you want, they won't ridicule you. But when you lift up the name of Jesus, that's when they come after you. And I love that He desecrated the holy places with the name of our God. And I think God's calling on the church to desecrate the, the woke and the broken holy places of this world, to desecrate the ideologies and the patterns of this world by lifting up and proclaiming the name of Jesus everywhere that they go. It offends the world because it offends the devil, amen. It's time to desecrate the holy places in the name of Jesus. It's time to lift up the name of Jesus in our colleges and in our workplaces, in our grocery stores and in our businesses, in our city halls, Jesus in our doctor's office, Jesus in our state house, Jesus in our courthouse, Jesus in our Congress, Jesus in our Senate, Jesus in our SCOTUS and Jesus in our White House, amen. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, we need to desecrate the broken ideologies of this world by lifting up the name of Jesus. Come on, it is by faith that we have received righteousness. It is by faith that we receive the promises of God in our life. It is by faith that we believe our children will follow Jesus like the Word of God says that they will. It is by faith that I believe that America is gonna turn back to Jesus as we boldly and by faith proclaim the name of Jesus. Real faith talks faith. Listen, if you're a Christian, it is your duty to be a worshiper and a witness in the land. And it has never been more important than now. And trust me, it's easier for us than it should have been for Abram. That's the call of God on your life. Lift His name up, proclaim His ways, proclaim His love, proclaim His grace, proclaim the truth. Lastly, real faith never ends. Now, it doesn't mean you have moments of doubt. I said that before, right? I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. So we do have moments of doubt, but real faith never ends. Uh, the life of faith never quits requiring faith. 
You will always need more faith for the new day, for the next step, for the new growth, for the new area of your life God's asking you to trust Him in, for the new opportunity that has come. The world is always changing and requires faith again. There's a different type of faith we require in the world right now than we did back then. People talk about food shortages and all this other gear, and I'm sitting here going, ah, my God prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemy because I got faith. Amen. I'm always going to be required to have faith. You'd think Abram's faith was enough just here, right there, where he rolls up to people and he's like, a dude I just met is God and he told me to go, so we're going. You'd think that'd be enough, but God just always required more faith. You know, he needed faith there. Then God's like, I'm going to give you kids. And he's like, I believe. And then he messed up and God says, I'm still going to bless you, and I believe. And one day God's like, and then he's up on a hill, and he's like, faith, building altars again. You know, like, like dude was always needing faith. Yeah. I love how in verse 6 it says, um, when they came to the land of Canaan, sorry, verse 5, then verse 6, Abram passed through the land to the place of Sheshem at the time the Canaanites were in the land. And then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. What I love about that moment is it took Abram faith to get there. It took Abram faith to keep moving toward the Najeb. And God says, now to your offspring, I'll give this land. And so what's he showing us there? That his descendants will need faith too. We're always going to need faith. And this life of faith, it is by faith that we're righteous. It is by faith that we grow in our relationship with God. I want to encourage you to start exercising your faith. Today, God requires as much faith from you now as he did before. Jesus said, faith as small as a mustard seed. With faith as small as a mustard seed, I could command this mountain to jump into that ocean. Now, often we talk about that and we go, tiny bit of faith, like, you know, like I've got, I've got faith that's like, one milliliter, and they've got a liter of faith. That person's got four liters of faith. That would be a gallon-ish, I guess. Um, you know, and they've got some... No, no, no. Faith is something that grows. And I love the analogy of the mustard seed because it's so small, but it's the beginning. And your faith in the very beginning is very, very small. Very small. And maybe your faith died, the tree died, but there's a seed left. And that seed, it's the beginning of your faith. And even the beginning of your faith can do incredibly powerful things in your life, in your family, and for the kingdom of God. So I want to encourage you to start with a small faith, just the beginning of faith. The cool thing about taking a, a one little tiny mustard seed step of faith is that it builds my confidence in God to take a bigger step next. Faith is like this. We often go like this. We take a little, like we're stepping onto a lake. I've been stepping on the lake a lot, right? At first, um, I had friends say, we got to go ice fishing. I'm like, yeah, we ain't going to do that because that's stupid to get on a lake and drill a hole in it. But then I was like, I stepped on it a little bit and I was like, okay, a little bit of faith, right? All right, did not die. All right, take a look. All right, all right. Then what do, what do you do after that next one? Then you, all right. And then before you get too far from the edge, you're like, 
alright. Then you go over, then you're like, and then you're running on it, jumping on it, doing whatever else. Then you invite your friend Rob over to drill a hole in it. And you're like, alright, it's like this thick. And then I got my kid's motorbike and started doing donuts on it. Because my faith in the lake grew. And it, it really is like that with faith. Faith as small as a mustard seed. Just the very beginning of faith. That tiny little step in your life will build your confidence to be able to walk by faith. And just go where God has called you to go. And do what God has called you to do. And change what God has called you to change in your life. Amen. So start now. Keep it growing. So that your family never becomes the family that talks about what God used to do in your life. And in turn, so our church never becomes the church that used to see God do great things, but that we would still be a people of faith. Amen. In a moment, I want to open the front for prayer so that anyone who's feeling God speaking to you, saying, hey, it's time to take that step of faith. Hey, it's time to go where I told you to go. It's time to do what I called you to do. It's time to give what I called you to give. It's time to share what I called you to share. It's time to say what I've called you to say. Some of you have this tugging and gnawing on your heart because for so long God's been speaking. But you haven't done it yet. And if you want it to go away, you gotta take the step. Live a life of faith. God's always requiring more faith. And sometimes we're like, why does he want faith there? It's got nothing to do with it. Why is it about money today? Or why is it about relationships today? Or why is it about food today? Or why is it about time today? Why? Because God's teaching you to trust him more in every area of your life. And so as you grow every area, he's going to test your faith. Give you an opportunity to say, yes, Lord. How high, Lord? How far, Lord? Three bags full, Lord. Amen. And so if that's you, in a moment, I'm going to invite you to come down the front. In fact, actually, could we all stand up right now? In a moment, I'm going to invite you to come down the front and get prayer. Um, but before we do that, I just want to pray for people who are away from God, okay? Service will be closed in about four minutes. So just stick around with us, and then but we're going to open the front for prayer. You might want prayer for something related to faith today, or perhaps your marriage, your finances, your relationships, your sickness, whatever it is. All of that takes faith too. And we're going to pray and believe in the name of Jesus Christ that you will be healed, that you'll be restored, that your relationships will be reconciled. Amen. That God will provide. It takes faith to come down the front and believe that God's going to do something. But right now, before we do that, I want to talk to everyone in the room. Jesus loves you so much. He died on a cross to pay the price for your sins so that you could have a relationship with God. And by faith, by faith, the moment you believe in Jesus Christ and confess Him as Lord of your life, Scripture says that God makes you righteous. That He looks at you and says, you are a righteous person. <clears throat> and then for the rest of your life, He wants you to be holy. That means that He wants you to live a different life. Now, you're going to make mistakes, you're going to mess up, but that doesn't change the fact that you're righteous. You're still his son, you're still his daughter. He still loves you. You're still welcome in his house. But he does want you to change in your life. But, but the cool thing about God is that if God speaks to you about an area of your life that needs to change, at that same time, God gives you the strength and the power to make the change. You just need the courage to start the change. 
Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you enjoyed it, please check out our other episodes. If you would like to connect with Eternity Church, be sure to go to myeternity.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at My Eternity Church. We'll see you next week. Love you heaps.